uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. have initiated a multi-state manhunt for William Butcher. If anyone spots William Butcher or any of his known associates, Marvin Mill, Q Campbell, or this man, please call 1-888-ZERO-CRIME. The world still needs superheroes. So let's get out there. Let's take these cocksuckers down. We are famous now. Don't you worry. Daddy's home. Let's show them who we are. We traveled into the future. 930 years. A one-way trip. No going back. Run up to Discovery, come in. Discovery, do you copy? You have reached year 3188. Is there life here? Anywhere? Multiple life signs detected. First off, I want to say we brought the end of the world back here with us. Oh my God, again? My cult is going to be so pissed. I told him we had until 2019. We have until Monday. Everything in our new life is connected from the plot to assassinate the president. That can't be a coincidence. None of us are supposed to be here, right? We know something changes the timeline. I have to make it right again before everyone and everything we know is dead. Show me the one whose safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side as always in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, we're going to be talking about a poopourri, a <laughs> smorgasbord, a combo meal of binge-worthy television shows that we've been watching, streaming, etc., during this COVID time. And uh, these are more of the modern, uh, current 
program. Straight away, we'll kick it over to Chief Engineer Bob. Bob, starting us off, what have you been watching, Bob? Well, this is uh, the sort of conglomeration episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've got a few, actually. Um, maybe a couple of them might surprise, but uh, why don't we kick it off with The Boys? The Boys. The Boys. On Amazon Prime. That's right. And uh, I, I assume both you guys have been watching The Adventures of Billy Butcher and Crew. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, I have. Yeah. I, I got to I gotta say, I'm enjoying the second season more than the first. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way. But I That's think. That's a good question. With Homelander going more crazy in the second. And then you've got Stormfront, who was pretty interesting. I think. Plus, Billy found his wife. And mm-hmm. we find out that she really had a kid with home. Hey, there's spoilers in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we find out that she actually Billy found his wife. <laughs> yeah, but we find out that she actually had a kid with Homelander who is developing these powers. Um, I thought, yeah, I, I thought there were more interesting things going on because season one just seems sort of like the introduction season, and we got some stuff, but. I think it sort of hit its stride in the second. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it gave a lot of insight into Butcher. And, you know, not just his wife. Uh, you know, there was more scenes uh, between him and her. But we also got to meet his father down the road. Oh, that's right. And that's I true. thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it was very short. Yeah, I actually think that... Um like season one was kind of Huey's story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then season two was Billy's story. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and you had more. Uh, I guess you had more Billy Joel in the first season, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I could have done without that. I I, I don't know. Uh, I like them both. I, I I don't have a favorite just yet. Maybe I have to watch them. Uh, I, I've only seen each season once, so. Maybe if I binge through both of them, I'll be able to come up with a definitive what was my favorite. I, th- I think the characters <laughs> grew. <laughs> um, you know, uh, good stories, too. I mean, that ins- in not insane asylum, but the hospital or asylum or whatever. And, yeah. Well, uh, you also had like, you had like the deep, well, actually the deep and a train both trying mm-hmm. to kind of redeem themselves and getting back into the seven. And then, uh, I thought Kimiko's storyline was pretty good where she that finds, finds her brother and, line, and where she's developing, you know, she's able right. to talk, then she can't talk, then she signs, yeah. then, you know, but yeah, I thought, I thought all the characters really kind of had interesting things to do. So what did you think about the development of Homelander other than he's a real ass? I was gonna say I don't know the, 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 the I I didn't think of it as like development. He just kind of like showed more of his his true self. Um, he he scares me. You know, he scared me in the first season. He scared me more in the second season. You know, it. One of the things that I had loved about uh, Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica, the the reimagined one, is from week to week 
there were characters that you loved, and then a couple weeks down the road, you'd hate them. And then they'd try to redeem themselves. With Homelander, for a second, he was trying to explain, well, you know, the scientists. And then he kind of, you know, slipped out of it, you know, back into his persona, personality. Um, I, I cannot uh, feel sympathy for that character in any way, yeah. shape, or form. He is just reprehensible. Well, especially especially after the scene at the very end of the season, right? When well, up in think, the air. <laughs> I think himself. he's done a lot worse. <laughs> I could yeah. do anything. Yeah. He's, he's done a lot worse than that. I mean, yeah, he's a psychopath. So... I think the interesting thing is they brought in Stormfront, who in many ways is is just as evil. She's she's almost more evil in the sense that she knows what she's doing. She's very manipulative. Um, you know, she has the, the um, angle of being a, a white supremacist. Nazi. Um, yeah, she's a Nazi. Well, she also and, she also like enabled him. Right. So she she was able to take and direct him in in a lot of ways. So, you know, who's who's worse? And she was just as as nonchalant in her her violence as he was. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was sort of for him, everything was just personal and he was very, uh, you know, almost mindless in a lot of his destructive acts, whereas she really planned to use it to obtain power over, you know, large numbers of people. So. In some ways, she was more frightening than than he was. Well, I yeah. thought I thought the interesting thing was, you know, he really want wanted to have a relationship with his kid, whereas Butcher wanted his wife back, but he didn't want anything really to do with the kid. So it's almost like you know, instead of both of them trying for the same person, it's like they're both trying for different people who happen to be. You know, together, connected. Mm-hmm. See, I, I don't think he loved the kid. Uh, I, you know, Butcher w- would die for his wife. I mean, that that was adoration. Homelander was more, I, I don't know, you know, if, if he was trying to, like, relive a different version of his youth. Again, going back to the scientists in the lab. Mm-hmm. Did he see more of him, you know, pushing that kid off the roof? You know, yeah. I thought, like, Jesus. Um, but, but I don't know. I, tough uh, love, man. It was tough love. Yeah, he's, he's a very, I, I will say he's a complex character. You know, the whole um, morph person he had pretending to be different people and that was really gross. Uh, I almost stopped <laughs> watching after that. Well, I mean, uh, Homelander like really, really, really wants to be adored as like the American hero, even though he's like the opposite of that. He wants it on his terms too. I don't think he understands the concept of hero. Um, no. You know, and Walker and I have talked about this before. One of my favorite villains in in genre or, you know, comic books is Dr. Doom because Dr. Doom doesn't think he's a bad guy. And, and you know, his his the citizens of Latvertia love him. They, you know, they build monuments to him, put flowers. And, um, 
Homelander's just a bad dude, you know? Um, I don't know. That, that That's my two cents on it. Well, I mean, the interesting... I was reading something today I thought was interesting. And that's that next season, season three... Ooh. Homelander has some competition by mm-hmm. a hero that's just as strong and maybe just as much of an ass as he is. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, Soldier Boy, mm. who's going to be played by Jensen Ackles from Supernatural. Probably the perfect person to play a <laughs> complete ass. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that could be could be interesting. I mean, he's going to basically feel intimidated. He's going to be, you know, he's going to basically be going up against this guy who supposedly, I guess, has been with his own group. There's like the seven and then he has his own group. Was it Payback or something? Yeah, I think so. And they've been around like much longer than the seven have. Mm. So he's been an ass, but he's had a lot more experience of being an ass. That will be interesting. We'll see... uh where, when is that going to drop this well no not this well year, because of the pandemic they really don't know they i think they're going to start shooting in like february or march something like that yeah so probably you know maybe fall next year right right and that's you know all covid willing Well, um, you know, that that was the boys. Do we have anything else uh, we want to kind of rumble around with the boys? Well, what about uh, Annie slash Starlight? Because she had quite a bit of an arc this season. Yeah, she, you know, she uh, got rid of the chip and, and she really committed to uh, the cause um, well, I she was she like was committed have... to the cause, and then she wasn't, and then she was back in again. And yeah, towards yeah, the end, yeah, she like... was. Yeah, she was fighting against Stormfront and all that. But right, right. But then again, she's still part of the Seven, so she's walking that kind of thin line of a double agent. She's the inside person, right? Well, she at the end of. Uh the last episode she's back in her original uniform Mm -hmm. so she feels confident enough I guess that uh, she can kind of do what she wants or she has enough pull or push or whatever that she can you know assert herself to a certain degree Mm -hmm. Uh push 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 (laughs) but and yeah, I guess the uh, I don't I don't know her character's name, but she's like the vice president of hero development or whatever. Oh, and she's yeah. and she's also like the main bad guy on Fear the Walking Dead. Oh. So she's doing double duty on a couple series. Dude, let me tell you, I, the first two episodes of Fear, I, I know we're talking about the boys, but man, where they're taking Morgan, ah. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah, Morgan. I, I, Morgan's great. And then this last week, we have finally got a John Dory episode. You know, and I love John Dory. If I swung that way, I, I, I <laughs> certainly pursue a relationship with John Dory. That you know, he, he's not quite Bill Shatner, but oh that, my god, man. Oh, and and oh, God, so much better. Larry's I waxing this, over I love The Walking Dead, but. 
it is so much better than The Walking Dead right now. Well, yeah, I mean, they they both kind of like you know swing back and forth, but and not in that way. But uh, <laughs> but no, Fear has been getting really good. Yeah, ever since Morgan crossed over, yeah, and they added, like I say, John Dory, and they kind of like cleaned house of a lot of the original characters. Yeah, and brought in. You know, they brought Dwight over. And, uh, that was smart. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. so the last, I'd say, not counting this season, the last season and a half mm-hmm. has been really good. Well, you know, and it's, I hated when they killed the mom and they killed the stepdad. And, you know, he got shot in the ass in a helicopter or something like that. I mean, I was like, <laughs> that's just, they almost lost me. I just saw and, him in uh, something recently. I can't remember what the heck it was. I know I saw he. I know he was in the Meg, but um, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, in some sure. another uh, show recently. But um, maybe we should stray back to something Karen would like to talk about. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll <laughs> get away from the Walking Dead world and get back into. Uh, well, and I tell you what. Uh, unless there's something else with the boys that we miss, we'll kick it up to the satellite and. My uh, my dear friend and yours, Karen, what have you been binging or watching or uh, streaming, etc.? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of things, but this is true. <laughs> based on on some of our conversations, I, I think it would be the same thing as uh, me not watching Walking Dead. I don't think you guys watch some of the stuff that I'm watching. Of course, I know we're we're at some point going to discuss Mandalorian, so I'll, I'll leave it for the the end of the podcast. Um, I think we all watched Umbrella Academy. Oh yes, yes. So if you yep. guys want to talk a little about that, we, we can talk about that. Nay, hey, if if you want to throw a little something something out there, maybe, maybe you know you can you can clue us in on something, and yeah, maybe we'll we might into it. you know all right. Well, I I'm going to start watching that. Uh, what was it? Raised by Wolves. We I did mention about. Raised by Wolves uh, pre-podcast. So that's on HBO. Um, it's a sci-fi series put together. Well, I, I don't know. Produced, I think, maybe by uh, Ridley Scott. I think that he may have directed the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an interesting show. I don't know quite what to say about it because it was, especially the final episode was just so out there, just so completely bizarre. Um, I still have, I think I need to watch it again because it was like so many things happened in it that went off in a direction. I, I can't say much about it because you guys haven't seen it. It wouldn't make any sense. But basically the, the premise is that it's set far in the future and there were, Earth is at war between these two factions, one of which is religious, the other of which is not. And uh, this guy sends these two androids off to this other planet with a bunch of embryos and with the intention that they raise the embryos on the planet so that, you know, humanity can continue Mm. uh, away from this this war going on. and there's a female android who is mother and a male android who is father. But then all sorts of weird things happen. Is they're trying to raise the kids. The kids can 
get sick and die, and then eventually the warring factions wind up on the planet. Uh, the, the mother android has these really bizarre powers, think sort of like Dark Phoenix, mm. um, and she goes bananas and starts wiping out these human invaders. It, visually, it's very, very interesting. Um, the story is interesting, but it's like intense, and there's a lot of like, this person is not who they say they are, and these mysterious things happen, and people's backstories, and I'm making all these hand movements that none of our <laughs> listeners can see. Um, there's a lot of like maneuvering behind the scenes and secret stories, and then there's something weird with the planet itself, some sort of mystery, and that's when I was like, oh God, don't let this be like Lost, but it, it, it was like... <laughs> Um, so it's a it's a very mysterious, bizarre, strange show, which um, I did enjoy. I will say I I was caught up in it, but uh, the ending was so strange. I'm not sure where it's going to go the next season. How it's, many uh, How many episodes is it? I believe it was eight episodes. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it a try. So it's it would be easy enough to sit back and. Binge. Now, now, the only thing I got to ask is where do the wolves come in? Um, I, metaphorically. Because I was, I was thinking like Mowgli and stuff. No, just, <laughs> you know, it's a hard life on this planet. So It's a hard fought life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that or I thought like, you know, at some point one of them would become a werewolf or something and. That, that would have been cool, but no. But there is some real spooky stuff that happens with who or whatever was on the planet before the a, people got there. There was a movie on Netflix, and I can't remember um, the name of it. Hillary Swank was in it, and there was a robot that was taking care of these embryos, and they um, raised them one at a time, and this girl was calling her mother, and the Earth had been you know, nuclear holocaust or something. Mm -hmm. It was just really um, bizarre watching that kid mother. And, and you know, the robot is like, if she gets cut, she sterilizes the cut and, you know, cradles her as a child and sings to her and all this stuff. You know. So she's kind of like I, Rosie then. Kind of, sort of, you know. But I'm going to check that out, Walker. I, uh, you know, I finished uh, the... Raised uh, by Wolves, I will write that down. There you go. I'd finished the Lovecraft Country and uh, and it was so. Else to, did both of you watch Lovecraft Country? No. What is what? What is that on? That's on HBO Max. Well, then, absolutely no. I have not watched it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys, uh, the listeners are at a disadvantage because Bob's facial expression and and, and Karen's hand waving. I guess I'm Mike. <laughs> But that was that was great. Well, no, I would All say right. absolutely well, no because I'm too damn cheap. Well, actually, see, I haven't worked since March, so I can't like no. pay for all these different services. So it uh, yeah. is pretty ridiculous. All the services. I mean, I can and, do and, and, I can do Prime, and I'm doing Netflix because they were already existing. I was already paying for them, but yeah, yeah I can't like just start arbitrarily adding services. Right, right. Well, the problem is you get like five or six of these services and you still can't find like the Hammer movie you want to see. Well, so, you know, it's kind you of know. going back to The Walking Dead, for instance. I was watching Fear and Beyond last night 
and beyond is just a big snooze fest let me tell you mm-hmm, i cannot mm-hmm. get I into that it was like an hour and 20 minute episode last night i kept thinking is it over is it over when's this thing over god it's still going but yeah. uh but it was the return of chris hardwick and the talking dead and i thought well cool i'll watch that and they're like well you have to switch over to amc plus for the talking dead it's like damn it yeah. How to look it up and say eight ninety nine a month for that? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, well, yeah, I I will say, um, yeah, we we budget here. We got rid of Hulu, um, mm. got rid of DC, but then DC doesn't do any. All, all their content moved over to HBO Max. Well, Swamp Thing uh, is on uh, the CW, CW now, like Tuesday nights uh, or something. There's barely a season of that and that was one of the things that really got me upset with dc is like everyone was ranting and raving how great swamp thing was and i i'd invested in two or three episodes and then they're like ah we're gonna cancel it with you know we haven't filmed the last two episodes but we're still gonna cancel it. it's like well with that kind of confidence in your product <laughs> well i i actually i actually bought that on blu-ray and watched the whole thing mm. and it is worth watching it is really good well, then it's sad because we'll but, never get a season two, three yeah. out of it. You know? Well, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, uh, back to uh, what Karen had brought up, the Umbrella Academy. Oh, you I, were, wait, wait, wait. You were talking <laughs> about Lovecraft. Not so fast. Lovecraft. Uh, I, and I got to tell you this. Go ahead. Let, let me lunch, kick back here a little bit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to chomp popcorn and listen to you guys. Th- th- this is exactly how the conversations go. We jump around from this, that, and the other. You know, <clears throat> but anyway, real quickly, Lovecraft Country. I may convince Bob to invest in uh, HBO for a, a month or two. Uh, it, 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 so I'm going to start waving my hands like Karen because that's the kind of show this is. <laughs> it's <clears throat> Larry it's looks like horror. one of those like balloons in the front of a like a car dealership <laughs> with arms flailing and bending back and forth. Yeah, it 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 um, it's it's H.P. Lovecraft. So there are demons, and then there's not Cthulhu specifically, but there are witches and warlocks or wizards and witches. However you characterize it, it takes place um, around the 40s and 50s. So there is segregation. There's a lot of commentary on racism. Uh, the main character and supporting cast are all African-American actors. Um, the antagonists are Caucasian. And, you know, there are Caucasian actors who play the police and, and stuff like that. But it talks about this uh, book of spells and the importance of the family and the guy finds out that he's of that lineage of this wizard clan. And um, it's it's brilliantly acted. The stories are deep. The gore is intense. Uh, yeah. Karen had alluded to, <laughs> she stopped watching because, you know, flesh and skin yeah. being peeled I, off. Of- I, I got through four or five episodes. And then when all this skin kept coming off during this one episode, I was, that's it. I'm out. Yeah, that, you know, they, they'd used a, a spell to uh, give the African-American female the ability to be a white character. And, um, you know, the story was how 
people treat you differently if you're of you know a different ethnicity. Um, but the spell only worked so long, and um, <laughs> the stuff would just start falling off of you. Uh, it was really gross, but a good story. Oh, overall, a, a fun. Uh, well, no, I won't say fun. Um, an exciting series that uh, deals heavily into Lovecraft lore in a, it's almost like a period piece. So I guess I, my, I had some issues with it just in that. So I, I knew the series was coming on. So I read the book about a month before it came on and just uh-huh. even watching four or five episodes, it seemed like they changed a lot from the book. Yes. Um, not, you know, the book was was definitely looking at um, looking at at uh, racial injustice from that lens of Lovecraftian mythos, uh-huh. you know, because Lovecraft himself was a was a racist. Uh, if you go back and read some of his stuff, you know, there's there's a racism in it, um, which is often hard for people to, you know, if you have an author you really like, it's really hard to separate the works from the person, you know. Um, and that, I think, was one of the things that the, the writer was dealing with um, in the stories, too, trying to inject it with some of this sort of mysticism and, and you know, occult stuff that that Lovecraft did and, and also talk about segregation and things that had occurred. Um, but I, I just felt like the series... One, they showed more than, much more than the book did. The book was much more of like kind of the old timey, you know, what's going on in the shadows kind of thing. Uh-huh. Whereas like the, the the series was like, man, there's these big monsters right in front of you. And it was kind of like, wow, that's, I don't know. It almost was like overkill to me, just like with the bodies and the flesh all flying off and stuff yeah. like that there's a lot of eviscerating and right yeah. i agree with you it was very um but i think they're catering to a crowd that grew up with slasher flicks and all that kind of stuff you know so i think that may be the direction they want and i also feel like you can deal with these issues in a uh i don't know a, a more um mature way like look at how watchmen handled uh, racial injustice. I thought right. it was, you know, handled really, really well there. And I don't know. I didn't watch the whole series, so maybe I can't comment on it. Um, maybe one of these days, when I, if I have a stronger stomach, I'll go back and watch the rest of it. <laughs> but uh, anyways. Let, 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 right. uh, let, so I'm going to have to wait for that to come on to something else. Uh, on come, out on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah, come out on Blu-ray or, you know, goes over to something I can watch it on well I, I, I we'll leave it with with this that I I think it's a good story and I can't think of the name of the author who wrote the book you know it was based on Lovecraft's works but the book is called Love, Lovecraft Country and Walker you said you read it right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but they were saying right they they had to take different turns and yeah, I kind of did the same thing with Game of Thrones, but um, if you could take the gore, the story is a great story, and um, yeah, Bob and, and Karen haven't seen it, so I'm not going to get into the ending and stuff, but it's one of those endings that I loved. 
I, I really, really liked it a lot. So, <clears throat> excuse me, let's go to, we were talking about Umbrella Academy. I think we've all yeah. seen that, right? Yep. We have, indeed. And I think that's another one, too, where I liked the second season more than the first. Well, the first was kind of like straight, kind of straightforward, um, you know, dealing with an apocalypse. Of course, it's a uh-huh. Vanya uh, created apocalypse. But um, but after that apocalypse, then they get thrown. I guess uh, number five throws them all into a, like a time warp or whatever. And they all kind of come into the what was it the 50s, I guess. And, well, uh, it was the yeah. the early '60s, right? Because it was right around the JFK. Yeah, because they have to kind of stop. Well, they have to stop one of their members from stopping the JFK assassination. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I like that, Bob. I have to really think about the first season, uh, you know, because I just watched the second season. Well, not just watched, but more recently than the first. The first, I really liked that no one knew. Vanya had powers mm-hmm. and when they found out not only did she have them but this was like Dark Phoenix type <laughs> she like really had them <clears throat> right um, the other thing I like is um, number five I he, that kid you know and he's going to grow. I mean, that that's just the nature of life. Uh, by the time season three comes out, I don't know how. Well, he's a time traveler, so I guess I can kind of monkey around with with his growth spurts that way. But uh, he, he was a great character. I really enjoyed his interacting with his future self or his older self uh, right around the JFK assassination and uh, playing around with that. That was, that was a highlight for me. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, just to see this kid running around and doing adult things and having, you know, having adult thoughts and what what have you. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he, he's definitely definitely an interesting character. Um, then you have, like, Luther, who's kind of kind of more of the, the big thug. Literally. Uh, Luther, I never really had a... I don't know. I just, uh, he never really grew on me. Uh, now, Allison, yeah. Allison, I thought was interesting, especially being back in the early 60s where, you know, she's she wants to go in the diner. They won't let her go in the diner, but she has that sort of the powers of suggestion. Right. I heard that you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a secret that. Yeah, here's the thing, too. I thought that was a good story because imagine coming from modern times and going back, you know, to a period where your freedoms were were not what they were today or, you know, you're treated um, differently. You're a person at a time. Um, How would you deal with that? So that was that was a a good story. Um, Well, plus they were kind of landing at different times because right. she had already had a relationship and she was married to this guy for like a year before anyone even shows up, you know? So she, you know, basically had her life. She was starting her new life. And right. she lost her powers for 
some time there too because she had been her throat had been slashed mm-hmm. so by Vanya yeah so she uh, she had to cope as like a not only an average person but even less because she couldn't communicate very well right so that was an interesting interesting plot um yeah, I don't know. I was still thinking about whether I like the first season or the second season better. I mean, there's a certain charm to the first season in discovering who all the characters are. Right. You know, so. Well, I even, know. Well, even I like, like Klaus. Equally. I mean, Klaus got there and he started a whole cult. That was. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also, ben, you know, he's like interacting with Ben because he's the only one that can see Ben's ghost. Who's like well, you know, taking I, I over his body here Ben's, and there, and yeah, Ben's like, you know, let me let me just borrow your body. I, I really like this girl, and he's like, all right, and he's talking to the girl. Well, you know, I, I don't want to be too forward. She's like, what forward? Me, you, and the other girl, you know, did it the other night. And he's like, we what? <laughs> Damn you, Klaus. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Klaus. I don't know. I wasn't really. Uh, all that intrigued by Klaus in the first season, but I thought he really kind of came to in the second, I guess. Yeah, I'll give just, you yeah, that. He's, he's got the most humorous bits in the whole series. He does, and he's like the more... I, I felt he was more tortured um, also. A uh, very dynamic actor. I can't think well, of Well, yeah, he had the yeah. he had the boyfriend in when he was serving in the war. Yeah, in Vietnam, yeah. but so, they, yeah. but appearing in the early '60s, Vietnam hadn't happened yet, and he's trying to convince the kid who would grow up to be his boyfriend in Vietnam not yeah. to go to Vietnam because he had been killed there, and he has no idea why this guy, you know, why he's trying to convince him not to join the military, and you know, he can't just say, "Hey, there's this war coming up, and you're going to die." Right. But, I mean, I'd, I'd probably go to the bottle as well. I mean, that, that guy, he played the tortured soul very well. Um, but then he, he had, like, the funniest bits, too, in the thing. I mean, <laughs> a great, great actor. Yeah, he was good. Well, especially was really when good. he's, like, arguing with himself. Although it's, you know, he's really arguing with Ben, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about Diego? Uh, you know... In the first season, I was kind of, eh. Second season, when he goes to the, uh, not the academy, he goes to the, um, oh, um, what, the time travel board. The mental asylum? Oh, the, the other bureau. place. Yeah, where he works for the bureau. Um, that was, you know, he, he kind of came into his own. Um, well, he was actually, you know, even though Five is the kind of brains behind the operation, it was actually Diego that figured out what was going on and what was going to cause the apocalypse. That's true. I think credit. So he, he came through for me, Diego at first I thought, Oh, this guy's just very one dimensional and I wasn't very interested. But then, uh, what got me more interested in him was when you saw the, um, affection he had for their their mother, mm-hmm. the the robot, and how broken up he was over her, and how you know devoted he was to her. So it showed that you know he had this big facade of being this tough guy and everything, but really he you know he had these deep feelings and and 
kind of that need that everybody has for like their mother. That was that was a nice touch. Well, their yeah. their quote mother was pre-android back in the early 60s when they got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to meet her for the first time and yeah, they're all calling their their dad father and her mother and they're both like who are you people, you know. <laughs> in fact, Hargrave is like you know, even in the future, I can't be your father. I hate kids. I would never have kids, you know. <laughs> I I will say that I enjoyed the ending of the second season more than I did the ending of the first season. The first season was okay ending. The second season ending, nice. <laughs> oh gosh, now I'm trying to remember the ending. Well, Vanya, well, Vanya is basically going nuclear in was it the CIA or FBI office there, which was like well, right right a block away from oh. from the JFK caravan. Right, so and that then, it has some of her residual power, mm-hmm. and he. Uh, you know, as a kid, so by the time he catches up with current times, is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? Yeah, you know, we don't know. We'll see. And then when they do return, they were very careful not to change things. You know, the whole butterfly effect. Right. And they don't return to the Umbrella Academy. They return to the Canary Academy. Right. So they wind up in that alternate reality. And and Ben is there, right? And Ben yes. is alive and well. Right. Interesting. Yes. So yeah, it definitely sets up an interesting third season. COVID yeah. willing, whenever we I, get it. I, I'm looking forward to that one. That's that's going to be good. Um, and one of the things I like about Netflix and. Um, no, it's Netflix, right? You can just binge through the whole, you know, however many episodes, eight, yeah, 10, 15 episodes with the stuff on Amazon and, and HBO. It's week after week. After you know, well, I, I it's something to be said for that, though. I don't know. I, I kind of like it. Like, you know, Mandalorian only comes out once every week and it builds up some anticipation. It's kind of nice to have something to look forward to. So. Same. The last season on The Mandalorian the child got kidnapped and then we had like Christmas and New Year's and so there weren't episodes for like two or three weeks and everybody was like chomping at the bit like what happened what happened was it that yeah. long I don't think there was that long yeah, a I delay think, I, yeah I think there, because of Christmas and New Year's they didn't have uh, and that delayed what was it the, the last episode I guess well, each his own but I know like with um, the boys going back to that they released like three episodes, I think. And then it was like weekly after that. Mm. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, season three looks like it's going to be exciting. Um, I don't know. Like like Karen had an aversion with uh, the gore and Lovecraft. I do like the story in The Boys, but sometimes that stuff is just, you know, the the sexual just you know it's not full on porn but it it is sometimes too much I'm just like god Um, you know you think Butcher talks about see you next Tuesday too much Uh, not just the language but just some of the uh, anyway season three of the of the the boys I'm looking forward to but I'm really looking forward to 
to uh, Umbrella Academy. Or will it be the Canary Academy? I don't know. Well, I hope we get a season three. I'm a little disappointed Netflix has canceled um, a few series that I was looking forward to. Well, I think Um, it said Stranger Things is canceled after the next season, like after season four. hmm, I don't know about that. I know um, Mine Hunters, I'm not okay with this. Um, Gosh, there was another series, you know, oh, Away, which was the uh, Mars NASA series. I, I mean, especially, it's especially bad when they give you like one season. And that season ends on like a cliffhanger, and I know, you know, know. you're sort of like, well, okay, where's it going? And it's over. Well, it seems like a lot of them though. They're saying, okay, it's over after there's one more season. They give them like one season to wrap everything up. Uh, Like I say, with uh, Stranger Things, they got one more season, wrap it up. Uh, Sabrina, that has one more season, then they have to wrap it up. Even The Walking Dead has one more season, wrap it up. Two. Well, Two more for The Walking Dead. Well, they've got like six bonus episodes for season 10 or something, and then season 11 is the last one, but that's going to be a bigger one, like 24 episodes instead of 16 or something. <laughs> well, with Stranger Things, you figure the, the kids are getting older, so they're going to grow out of the series. I mean, if they plan to just do the series while they're still in school, elementary, not elementary, but high school. So uh, yeah, about time, I love the about time for series. them to retire. Exactly. But I like <laughs> the first series. The second series to me, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'll check out the third and see where it goes, but yeah. So tell you uh, what, boom, before we get to Mando, I was talking earlier before we got on about truth seekers which is only like eight half-hour episodes on Amazon Prime. But it's uh, basically paranormal investigative series. But it's put together by Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, who did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and Paul and all of that. Mm, the um, classics. The classics. But yeah, no, it's uh, Nick Frost... It, Basically, Simon Pegg is the head of this uh, company called Smile, which is a Wi-Fi internet company. And he's only on like, you know, a minute here, a minute there. He kind of gives Nick Frost his uh, assignment for the week where he has to go out and, you know, fix somebody's cable or something. But as he does this, he's also on the side, he's a paranormal investigator. So he goes out to these places and and see, when I was, I think I've told my ghost story here before, but I had an AT&T guy come out and say he had a little encounter in my basement with a ghost. So I was always thinking, wow, you know, these guys, they go out to all these houses. They must see weird things and whatever. So that's kind of what this series is like. And, uh, and the, Nick Frost, his father, is played by Malcolm McDowell. Who is hilarious in this thing? He's this old cantankerous person that's always trying to, you know, get his nose in the business and stuff. And uh, and his partner, this guy who's in, you know, a Wi-Fi guy in training, but gets dragged into all the paranormal stuff, is this actor Samson Kayo, and his character name in the series is uh, Elton John. 
which is kind <laughs> nice. of a, kind of a running joke through the thing. Because he'll introduce his, you know, his, his my assistant Elton John. Oh yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> it's a, it's good. You know, like I say, it's only eight episodes. It's like each episode is only half an hour long, so it's not a big investment of time, but it's uh, it's worth it. Yeah, I, I saw some uh, trailers for it, and then I, I put it in my uh, watch list, so I plan on checking that out as well. But before we run out of time on this episode, because we still have our sensor sweep, um, we're going to talk about Mando, Mandalorian. <laughs> All three of us loved the first season. Uh, the second season, we're one episode in, and... Um, I love it. But what I, an episode yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. All the, you know, Weequay and R5-D4 and all the stuff up in the Jawa. <laughs> it's got a bad motivator. Hey, you know, it's like <laughs> my language. <laughs> I What I love about The Mandalorian and they, they continue to do with this first episode is they just, they take, the, the universe that we know from the original trilogy and they just expand on it, right? It's I don't feel like I'm getting, you know, a whole bunch of fan service necessarily, but I feel like they're taking things that we've seen before and then they're like opening up the door even more and showing us more stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, you saw this thing, but did you see this stuff over here? And it was right here. And it's like, oh, okay, they're building on what we had before and, and building on it in a way that makes sense and is respectful and, you know, makes it even more uh, uh, colorful and interesting uh, and just continues what we saw before. And it's, you know, I just love it. It's just perfect. Well, yeah, it's uh, the Mandalorian is more Star Wars than any Star Wars since the original Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> the original I trilogy. I think you know he's he's giving me the original trilogy and Mandalorian, and it's like, oh, this is cool. I'm happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um. Yeah, man. You know, my wife, uh, Jazz. She she knows. You know, she's seen Empire and stuff. And when the marshal walks through the door, and she's like. Hey, that's not Boba Fett. I'm like, that's right. That's, He's that's a little too skinny. Boba. He's kind of skinny and beat up. Although when he got out of that <laughs> Sarlacc pit, maybe that's all that was left of it, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> but no, I was I was watching it with Ensign Michael, and uh, that last scene where you see the guy on the dunes there. As soon as he oh. turned, as soon as he turned around, Michael's just like lost it. He was like practically dancing on the couch. Well, and see, Jazz is not that much of an aficionado uh, for uh, aficionado, aficionado. Aficionado? My God. It's like, an aficionado conduit like- for these things. And, and she's like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "That's the clone. That's that's Boba. That remember when Django?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah. hey." Is that why you named your first dog Django? And I looked at him like, I guess it is. But back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I you know, and uh, I, I hear what you guys are saying. Something to look forward to, anticipation of the next episode. But my God, this is a long week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, like, it's going to be what another eight episodes. Eight. Yep, that's so what you, you know they're only a half an hour, so you binge through them all in a day, and that's then true. and then what? 
at least now it's stretched over eight weeks, right? Right. Well, and one of the things that I liked keeping again with the tradition of the uh, original Star Wars, you know, uh, chapter four, this episode, the first episode of the second season is called chapter nine. Yeah, they just kept going. Mm. Right. I kind of like that. Well, and we may not see that individual. No, oh, yeah, I guess we already said it was Boba Fett. Never mind. And I said, I said to somebody, <laughs> oh, it's Boba Fett. Somebody who doesn't know Star Wars very well. I said, oh, that was Boba Fett. And they texted it to somebody else. And that person texted back to them. Oh, I guess that's a nice theory. I'm like, it's not a theory, dude. <laughs> it's Boba Fett. Anyway, oh, we might not see Boba Fett till the end of this season you know they may just hold on to that as like a little savory nugget that we have to sit here going oh oh when is he going to show up you know and they may make us wait for it but i don't mind because i trust that when they do bring him back around it's going to be fantastic so you know or will they bring him back around uh, well maybe next season that that might have been the tease i don't yeah. know maybe boba fett will actually do something cool for once just like uh, was it in, in episode in in episode eight or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had the the dark saber and Moff Gideon and all that. It's like, well, he wasn't back in this episode, so mm-hmm. he's looming out there somewhere. Cara right. Dune is like looming out there somewhere. So yeah, uh, yeah who know who knows who will or won't come back? I mean, maybe Moff Gideon and Boba will team up. Who knows what could happen? It could be crazy. It could be crazy. Well, it, it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, and it's funny that the excitement is on the small screen on a pay service rather than this event movie, you know, in a in a theater. Um, but yeah, I'm like Bob. Give me give me more Mando. I'm I'm fine with it. See now. Yeah, it's on the small screen, but like when you look at this episode, mm-hmm. it looked like a movie. Oh, I mean totally the production beautiful. values and the effects and everything. It was, yeah. it could have been in the theaters if it was longer. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was gorgeous. Knows? Maybe absolutely. Who knows? Maybe when this COVID is over, they'll do like a Mando um, marathon. Well, they could. I they don't. could do like they do in Japan, and they just like take. You know, segments from each episode and combine it all into like a two-hour movie. Yeah, uh-huh. two-hour movie condensation and release it in theaters. We'll see. That'd, that'd be cool too. Well, we we you know we can't say enough good things about the Mando, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, friends, yeah, well, let us pod- let us talk about it once we get more than one episode in, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll be back. To- trust me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking about this more. But uh, it is that time, uh, unless there's any last-minute honorable mention, binging uh, shows, uh, network shows, streaming, whatever? Um, not me. Although, you know, let's talk about weekly, yeah, Ultraman Z. Every Friday, I get a new episode, and that's going to be like, I think, 26. They're like huh. on 21 now. Well, there you go. Chief so. is the Ultraman fan. I I am a Trekkie. Uh, love it or, or hate it, I'm I'm really digging the third season of Discovery. Well, yeah, I was going to say we've got you know, a couple seasons or a couple episodes in on that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting because they're just like 
the federation's all you know scattered and everything's you know different you know, because they're what 300 years ahead now nine 930 okay. something like that almost a thousand wrong yeah. time Long time. I, I wish I had as much enthusiasm for the new Star Trek series as I do for Mandalorian, but I I feel like it's not in uh, as capable hands. That's I guess that's well, all I have to say about that. That's that's okay. I I talked to Walker about this off offline a couple days ago, and my sincere hope I didn't say this at the time, Walkie. My sincere hope is that 10 years from now, you'll look at Discovery the way you look at Enterprise. Because I know when Enterprise first came out, Walker would have nothing to do. They shouldn't be naked rubbing blue gel on their body. Well, that, that does still bother me. <laughs> so. that, was, that was pure crap. But anyway. <laughs> ah. No, I, I think... I think um, there, like I said, when we were talking before, you know, there are parts of Discovery that I think are pretty good and then other parts that just leave me shaking my head. And like I said, I just wish they had more writers who were both science fiction fans and Star Trek fans because it just seems like they don't really have that on the writing staff right now. Well, it's hard to find writers like Asimov and Bradbury and... Yeah. Well, I'm not even talking. I mean, that. Well, I mean, they were, you know, the original series tapped in as a pretty major sci-fi writers. Yeah, but if you know, if you look at like Next Generation, they didn't necessarily have, you know, these old uh, classic sci-fi writers, but they had some good people who understood science fiction. They understood drama, and they understood Star Trek. So. So. What are your feelings on Pike then if they're doing a series with Pike and crew? Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. My biggest issue with that whole thing was the guy playing Spock and how they portrayed Spock. But, well, uh, yeah. You know, we'll see. What if they like replaced him with Zachary Quinto or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Quinto did a good job. He's getting a little old to play lieutenant spock though yeah well i mean look how old uh leonard nimoy when he was still playing spock still putting yeah. the ears on he, he, he was old he was getting older and spock <laughs> was getting older so it kind of worked but anyway we digress we we digress but that's okay that, hey, that's you know, what we do we covered a lot of ground this episode we did we did um a lot of good shows um We'll see, you know, going into the winter months, what we'll be binging on, um, well, other we have than Mandalorian. Well, we well, have all the Marvel stuff coming Discovery. up at some point, right? WandaVision and Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier and What If and whatever else. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah, like Bob. They, the, with COVID, it's like trying to get all these, you know, seasons wrapped up. Um, I don't, do you guys know, are they, are they finished with uh, WandaVision? I think they're close because that's because Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to come up first, and mm-hmm, then they bumped mm-hmm. that back and and bumped up Wandavision. I think just because they were farther along in filming. I know that I read somewhere. Um, you know, Disney also has. It's not called the making of the Mandalorian, but it's it's a kind of like a behind the scenes thing, and it showed how they don't have to go 
to a traditional set and build it out or go to a location. They just project everything on yeah. this oh, yeah. huge day. Right. And they were saying that it was easier for them to film their second season, you know, keeping social distancing and, and whatnot and then, you know, merging the two actors together through CGI or whatever. I don't think these other shows have that luxury. Well, they're already working on three, right? They're, I think they're shooting three now. Yeah. 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 So I think one of the things I heard about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was that there was supposed to be things in that that happened uh, based on the Black Widow movie coming out first. Uh, okay. And that they uh, were going to have to go back and do some reshoots because now Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to come out before black widow so i don't know you know how that how how much of the story has to be reshot but apparently there right. were certain scenes that were affected because of black widow not coming out so um yeah. but i i think we will get we're supposed to get yeah wandavision in november oh it is november oh my goodness sometime anyway. this month maybe yeah, and then uh, well, Falcon and Winter Soldier after that. It, it looks interesting because I have no idea what the heck that's going to be about. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's either a Lucy Desi comedy or it's, uh, you know, who knows what. Yeah, it's hard to know how much of the show is actually taking place in the sitcom thing and how much of it is really, you know, elsewhere. Because so. she's supposed to play a big role in the uh, Doctor Strange movie coming up. Right. Yep. So it's a yep. whole, they're doing the whole multiverse thing. Well, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, I'm going to throw out one more show, The Servant, M. Night Shalahan, and Shalahan. Yeah, thank you. Shamalama uh, Ding Dong. <laughs> I believe that's streaming on Apple. Uh, the second season's coming out in January or February. I have not heard of this. The Servant, it is a damn good show. Um, it's intriguing. There's a lot of mystery. You have no idea. You know, that this girl, young girl, is hired to watch this couple's young baby. And she's just really... And not weird in an evil way, but, you know, she only eats tomato soup and she stacks the tomato soup in the cupboard very, you know, methodically. And um, just, you know, strange things happen within the home and with the child. And it's just so um, Ron Weasley from Harry Potter uh, plays uh, one of the uh, siblings of the couple and um, he, he does it with an American accent. And that's worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> I think I think the biggest mystery of all is mm -hmm. how Larry can afford all these pay services. <laughs> I think there may be some space pirating going on here. Well, the the uh, oh, actually, I should mention on uh, Shutter, which is only four ninety nine a month. Bob oh, Shutter uh, has the um, tales from not tales from the crypt. Um, creep show dark side yes creep show and that second season's coming out soon uh, they did a animated one for Halloween Kiefer Sutherland voiced one of the characters very very bizarre but um, 
hey, you know, the AT&T gives us access to, you know, this channel, and uh, that's the HBO is free with AT&T, so if you need cell phone service. And uh, like I said, you know, I, I cut back on the DC, just cut back on the Hulu, so we're, we're you know... Making it making it work. Well, I mean, I did see the first season of Creep Show because it went over to AMC as a filler, like after mm. Walking Dead. Now, a friend of mine, Frank Dietz, he uh, wrote an episode of Creep Show for next season, which involves a a spider and it's supposedly pretty creepy. In fact. Um, Ah, I can't remember his name, but uh, it's from Walking Dead. The guy who plays Eugene, he's gonna be oh. he's gonna be in that episode. So Frank is working with Eugene right now. I can't think of the actor's name, but that's cool. So maybe, just maybe, we can get Frank on the show to talk about it when we get closer to Creep Show season two coming out. Josh Dermott. I Josh Dermott. That's it. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Josh Dermott Takes is, star, is starring in the episode. That is cool. That would be nice. Um, I really, really enjoyed uh, the time we had with Judith O'Day a couple of episodes ago. So it'd be nice to bring someone else on. Well, I will. To planet eight. I will speak to Frank and see if he can come up to Planet Eight. <laughs> I will say, Bob, you know, if I did cut back on my streaming services, I might be able to afford more monsters. So I'll, I'll think about it. See, I need my monsters. So <laughs> I, I had gotten something. Uh, my anniversary is coming up. Jazz picked me up something. I, anytime something new comes into the into the office here, I take Bob's advice, just squeeze everything together and find a place on the shelf for it. So <laughs> we'll see, uh, you know, chief engineer, chief engineer, Bob does not really get paid for doing the engineering on planet eight. And, uh, I haven't worked in what, six months now, at least I haven't had this much time off since like before kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know what to do with myself half the time. I guess I got to like get more pay services and watch more TV. Well, I, I tell you what, the graphics that you put up on YouTube, and this is a big plug. If you guys haven't been out to our YouTube channel, man, Bob does a great job putting that stuff together. Cause we I've got all episode. the time in the world. <laughs> we have new episodes and, uh, we also have the best of planet eight and Bob puts some fresh graphics on, some of our past recordings but talking about collections and squeezing things and making room bob has this episode censor sweep and uh you know i'm i'm fortunate walker and i are fortunate we kind of know what he's going to be sharing and folks you better squeeze your collectibles together and find more room bob take it away push 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 them back to <laughs> push them together uh yeah you know I don't know how many more sensor sweeps I'll have because I'm going to run out of money pretty soon. But um, oh. sell, yeah. sell, sell! No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I won't sell, so I'm going to. I'll go broke. So um, anyway, I'll have the best collection in the poorhouse, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, but this sensor sweep, 
I was going to talk about some collectibles that are actually pretty cheap. So they're right in my wheelhouse right now. And that's the Mego mm. figures. Now, I'm not really into the Mego style and the Mego figures. In fact, the only one I had before this was Dracula, and that's because Larry gave it to me. But, um, <laughs> but I got to say, I just got the fly. And the reason oh, yeah. I got the fly, that was the very first horror slash sci-fi movie I ever saw in my life when I was a wee lad. And that's what mm -hmm. pushed me down this path and got me into all the stuff that I'm into now and and eventually got me on a Planet 8. Um, so finding that they had a Mego figure, and this is we're talking the David Hedison fly. This is mm -hmm. not the Jeff Goldblum fly. Not the goopy fly. Not the goopy fly. Yeah. The, but the Was it the bundle fry or the Br bundle fly? Brundle fly. Brundle fly. No, no this is the... Bob, uh, isn't it hard to find... Bob, isn't it hard to find, like action figures or, or figures of that version of the fly i, I, yeah, I don't think any. that i don't even know if there was any i don't did sideshow do one no i don't no, think, I don't so. think so so this is We've like one of, of the first collectively and uh yeah. you know I, I did meet david hedison at a WonderCon once and mm -hmm. uh he had his book about making the fly and he signed it for me that was like my only fly collectible up until now so i got mm. the fly um, next on up, I guess I got to get that too, is Creature from the Black Lagoon. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, you know, how can I pass up the creature, right? That creature but looks pretty good. They've done some Migos before. It does that look good. It's good, but this one looks really nice. Now, there's a Mondo mm -hmm. creature coming out too that's like a foot tall, but that thing's like a couple hundred bucks, 175 bucks, something like that. That right now is out of my price range, but um, but no, I, I hooked up with this guy on on uh, Facebook, Frank Wojo, and he's uh, a Mego dealer. He can get me these Migos without me having to go and search Walmart and Target and whatever, and getting frustrated and all that. So he sent oh, me. Isn't that Sci-Fi Bob? What's that? <laughs> isn't that Sci-Fi Bob? I don't know. He doesn't like me anymore. He deleted me a while back. Oh, no. So, uh, no, nah, well, Frank sent me a list. I'm going to read it mm -hmm. off really quick because I don't want to take up too much time. But uh, Wave 9, which comes out like December, January, is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Creature, Chucky, and Saru. Now, Saru is from mm. uh, Discovery, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, then we've got Wave 10, which comes out like January, February. And that is Pennywise. I guess the burnt version of Pennywise. Willy Wonka. Now, I don't know if that's the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka or if that's going to be the uh, Gene Wilder Willy Wonka, but it's Willy Wonka. Mask mm -hmm. of the Red Death, which I think could be pretty interesting. Uh, Q from Star Trek. Locutus, mm. the Hammer Dracula, Christopher Lee Dracula, mm. and Ultraman. So, I have Ultraman on on order, of course. Uh, Wave Eleven, which comes out February March, is uh, a plush Stanley, which I can't even picture what a plush Stanley is going to look like. 
Hannibal, Teen Wolf, the main antagonist from Jeepers Creepers, Candyman, Michael Burnham, which Karen will have to pick Uh. up, Uh, (laughs) Captain Pike, The Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein, and Ultra 7. So I have Ultra 7. Bob, did you say plush? Plush. Yeah, plush Stanley. Is that like the inflatable? Uh, Oh, no, sorry. That's Planet 8 After Dark. Uh, My bad. I thought you already had one. (laughs) No, that's Captain Kirk. Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you know, I heard they're coming out with a John Dory list. version, but yeah. <laughs> and the last the list, it was like the last wave, which is like March, April, is going to be Green Lantern, Flash, Riddler, and the and Avatar: The Last Airbender. So there's a lot of Mego stuff coming. And for me, out of all that stuff, I think you know I'm gonna I'll definitely get Ultraman and Ultra Seven, but I'm intrigued by Mask of the Red Death. I'm gonna have to see how that looks. Vincent Price, right? Yeah. yeah He's got kind of cool. that Victorian outfit and the skull mm-hmm. and yeah. It was, right. It's it a lot of figures. Yeah. So they need to do a Dr. Fibes. Look up Ooh. look up Frank Wojo, W O J O on Facebook, and he can get you this stuff without you having to go out on hunts. Now He's you- your main man. He's the man now. Mm-hmm. He's a supplier. As long as long as they come up with interesting Migos, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a collector of all things Migo by any means. So you know how yeah. it is, though. They get you your first one real easy, but then when you want the next one, you know, then it's it's a little harder, and well, it just like keeps getting worse and worse. The creature's like a Walmart exclusive, and there's really no WalMarts around me, so I have to make a journey and probably not find it. And then go find another one. And then go yeah, find another Sci-Fi one. Yeah, because Sci-Fi Bob will have bought them all. Exactly. <laughs> Watch out. He'll delete you guys, too. I Yeah, I was never on his thing, so. Oh, okay. Larry, Larry will be on the chopping block then. <laughs> you know, eh. um, what was funny is while Bob was reading that list, uh, you guys can't see us. But, you know, Karen's sitting there and she's like reading something or writing down something. I'm, I'm writing and it down. Bob would say, oh, this figure. And Karen's like, eh, that figure. Ooh. <laughs> the very expression. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Ah. So I know the Christopher Lee Dracula was one. The creature I, was one. I have no poker face. You know that. <laughs> God, Bob, that is like a very uh, kind of like a hodgepodge list, even though they're in waves. Um, well, yeah, I mean, none of them are related. I mean, you know. Right. Like, why Willy Wonka in this mix with like Dracula, Locutus, and Pennywise? It's like, <laughs> what in well, the hell? You know, when I was going around, they originally hit Target when they re released the Migos and. Um, it was the Gorn I was looking for, and they had like Norm from Cheers, Cutie <laughs> from Facts of Life. Well, you had Norm um, and the Gorn. It's just like you know Alice from the Brady Bunch and the Gorn. And Did they have the Fonzie too? Angels. I know yeah, Fonzie. <laughs> yeah, all the sitcom characters, and then 
if you were lucky, you'd find like a Star Trek character or Frankenstein. Right, right. I don't know how many times I'd go into a Target and it would be like, man, I'm so sick of these Brady kids or whatever. It would be just like, man, where's the Star Trek? Did you ever get your Gorn, Larry? I did. Uh, I, I ended up paying an arm and a leg on eBay for it. I finally, it's like by the time you factor in your time and the gas driving around from town to town, now just on there is a a online thing called big bad toys big bad toy store yeah yeah Yeah, and they got stuff for like 15 bucks i mean you know i i got that's where i got the fly yeah there you go or bob's friend on facebook you know he'd probably get it to you quicker um yeah less hassle mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now here's a question bob are you going to open them or display them or are you going to leave them in the package i usually take them out of the package and throw the package away but oh, I, did, I did keep the fly in the package just because it has that really special sentimental value going for it Being the it very was very cool though right because it's not a picture of the figure or a picture of the, it, it's like yeah, right it's from the film and uh, you know we'll, we'll see with the creature because I have so many creature figures out of the package and stuff man you know if I got room, I may keep them in the package. We'll see. Ultraman sure, Ultra 7, sure. uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It's always a hard decision. Oh, no, yes. it Bob's infamous. It's not hard for him, and he, he, like, throws the boxes away and stuff. I'm like, boy, he's got some cajoneses. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I gained a lot, and I mean a lot of storage space throwing all those boxes away. Hmm. But I tell you, you know, it's like I'm at that age where, you know what? I'm going to die with this stuff. I'm not getting rid of this stuff. <laughs> and the last thing my daughter, the last thing my daughter's going to want to do is match up boxes with toys. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like here they are. And I think she already said she's going to just let my friends have their pick of what they want. So, well, assuming so you guys have to outlive me. Yeah, I was gonna say. And suddenly I'll have a whole. Suddenly I'll have a whole bunch of friends after this episode. (laughs) Well, you know, Bob, you're you're not that old. I mean, my my grandfather was old. He wouldn't talk about his collection. He'd talk about hemorrhoids and his earrings. So, trust me, you're. (laughs) What? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bring me my special pillow and some batteries for the hearing aid, boy. (laughs) Well, you know the, the the amazing thing is like. I see people my age, like years ago. Yeah. And man, they look old. Yeah, exactly. You know, you see somebody like in his fifties, like maybe in you know in the nineteen seventies or nineteen eighties, and they look like they're about to drop in the grave. It's Bob, amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I love both of you, but it is so cool that you're sitting there watching the Mandalorian with your girlfriend's teenage son. I mean. That's something to be said. Uh, you know, my grandfather, I'd have to watch the Waltons and uh, what was that guy that would play uh, and a one and a Lawrence two? And well. Lawrence Welk. Lawrence Welk. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Welk. So God love you, buddy. Hey. You well, know. Look, on that note, <laughs> what were you going to say, Bob? No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was We've say, gone on that long, note, long enough. Bob, can you play some... Uh, Lawrence Welk to get us out. <laughs> a one and a two and a turn on the bubble machine. 
Pikachu, Topo oh, Gigi. <laughs> Uh, guys, all right. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. This is the way.